Before we get started, I want to thank Leffler Randall for supporting our podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Domino's new podcast, Design Time, where we explore spaces and places with meaning. I'm your host, Jessica Ron Perez, Domino's editor at large. Each week, join me along with creative visionaries who will share their journey to designing spaces that move you. We'll explore the emotional side of design, from the ritual of gathering to a mood-boosting paint trick to the renovation tips that will inspire your next project. Home is the best place to start exploring personal style. How do you shape your world from the inside out? Let's discover now on Design Time. JJ Martin has created a life and a brand that radiates color. Her energetic and expressive collection, La Double J, includes ready-to-wear accessories, home, bedding, and tabletop, and our dynamic reflection of JJ's life in Italy, and the evolution of her very personal journey to success. She launched her business from Milan, selling vintage fashion and accessories, alongside her career as an American journalist reporting on fashion design and travel for a hit list of the world's best publications. With an incredible eye for all things vintage and also color-driven, JJ's collection is joyful and accessible. In May, JJ launched a fabulous collaboration with La Durée, including a tea set, apron, and dessert plates adorned with a spectacular tree of life motif and opened her very first La Double J shop in Milan. More recently, JJ is incorporating her spiritual practice into her brand. And today we explore how all of these things are impacting her collection, the perfect calming pink in her living room and how to truly hunt for vintage on any budget. I'm so excited to share my conversation with JJ with all of you. JJ, I am so happy to connect. I'm so happy to hear your voice. Oh, you too, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Tell me what you're looking at on your table. I have our printed botanical placemats. Then I have our rainbow set of dinner and soup plates. I have our botanical um, napkins. I've got our Murano glasses, wine glasses, and water glasses in lots of different colors. And then I have printed vases filled with like springs, beautiful bounty of flowers, as well as the dessert plates that we have just launched with La Durée. On the La Durée collaboration, I want to just hear a little bit about what that is and the illustration and the, the motifs on the collection. It all sprang from a tree of life that I commissioned from this artist in Norway And again, that was just the starting point of the divine feminine, divine mother. And from there that you have all of these other designs that sprang from that, that are all in this universe of like fertility and abundance and springtime. And you have seeds and blossoms and hearts. You have a sleeping mother earth. You have a butterfly evoking 
transformation. You have all these blooms and it's really just about this idea of like rebirth. And, you know, especially now as we all come out of COVID, we're, we're remembering these cycles. As human beings, we just have cycles of emotions and, and activities and friends. You're doing this all the time. And so the idea is really to celebrate that and to just shine the light on how important it is that we focus on nature, that we look to nature for that inherent wisdom, for those rhythms, for that belief and trust that after every winter, there's always a spring, always, always, always. How long have you been cooking that up? It's been about a year, I think a little over a year that Elizabeth Holder from Laudere came to see me in Milan. And she was like, I love what you're doing. And she especially liked this goddess project that we had put together for matches in which I just finally let my freak spirit flag fly and finally brought in my whole spiritual practice into double J for the first time. And it was so great to see that it really resonated with people. And she said, I want to do the goddesses on the plates. And I said, okay, well, let's run with this notion of feminine energy, the divine mother, which I am crazy about. And so I designed the whole Ladre capsule, which is a teapot, teacups, saucers, dessert plates, apron, dish towel, as well as these crazy macaron boxes with this artist, um, a wonderful collaborator of ours in Norway. One of the things that I've been admiring and watching is how the business evolved is you bringing in your spiritual practice and you making that part of the message and part of the brand. And this to me is such a manifestation of that. It's, it's incredible. Well, thanks. I mean, at first I was really reticent about that. And it was actually a couple of different psychics that I saw, different channelers and um, people that I, I remember one in particular, a rune reader, um, who was like, you need to start melding this. And I was like, are you sure about that? This is very personal. You know, I'm you know, I'm really sharing things that mean something to me personally that have made changes in my life that have allowed me to expand my consciousness, as we like to say, in spiritual cir circles. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember running into each other in LA? Yes. You were talking all about opening your heart. The first time I'd heard that kind of language from you and clearly was something that you were personally very connected to in that moment and, and have continued to connect and really start to communicate. It is so fundamental to do that. <laughs> and I'm probably always talking about it because I need to remind myself to do it, you know, but I also, I'm not a pro. Each of us is our own little guru to ourselves. Each one of us has this capacity for healing and teaching ourselves. Connecting that to how you've grown your business and how you've really evolved the business, connecting it all back to, I remember when you launched, it was like, you know, celebrating these legendary ladies of Milan and that style that you see. But as Americans, we come to Milan and, you know, it is chic, but like really seeing inside these homes and, you know, illuminating how these homes function, the dinnerware collections, the sheets, the everything. And that has really informed the growth of the business. And it's been amazing to watch. 
The Italians inspired me so much. I arrived here, as you said, 20 years ago, this August. And, you know, I moved from New York City. I was pretty, I had a great education, been, you know, working in the fashion industry. Advertising was kind of like a glamorous, like, place to be. I arrived in Milan and I quickly found out I didn't know anything, you know, especially about how to maintain a home and de decorate and entertain. It's really like the art of entertaining. The Italians are so carefree and yet glamorous about this. At the same time, there's a real style. There is a joy with the way that they put people together, enjoy food, and there's so much beauty around them at all times. And that's just something that I really picked up in Italy. You know, the Italians, I always said at the very beginning, they are the, the kings of moderation. That's why I'm like, I'm so, I'm such an American firecracker and pistol. I don't do anything halfway. I'm a, like a all or nothing, black or white. You know, if you're going to give me a glass of wine, you might as well give me the bottle. The same with the cake. I don't just want a small piece. I definitely want like a half of it. Like, you know, so Italy has been so amazing because they're just extremely moderate. And um, I've learned a lot from them. What has living there really taught you about how you want to live and design in a more overarching way? I think number one, it taught me tolerance and patience because in Italy, it's almost always slower and messier to get anything done than in any other country. So there was a lot of cooling my jets of, on my type A personality and my demands and my expectations. And that's a big lesson. As an American, you spend one week there and you feel chicer after you leave. You've been dipped in it and, you know, soaked it in for, for 20 years. But being there and being so immersed in it, even for a short period of time each year, is this recharge. And they're so sophisticated on so many levels. I moved to Italy and I was 27 years old and my apartment in New York was the size of my kitchen in Milan, like the entire apartment, you know? So I, it's like, there was just room for the bed and the desk and like one couch, you know? So it wasn't like I even had ever had the opportunity to like really decorate. And I really took it for granted all those years working for wallpaper where I was just literally submerged like Patrizio Arquiola, Matteo Toon, the B&B guys, the Multini family, and just like being in these homes and just like, this is totally normal. This is how people uh, design. This is how people live. And then without even really knowing it, I just kind of developed my own style, which is really not Milanese, not American. I don't even know what my style is. It's very weird. I'm a big mixer, but I really got an education that you, you know, can't really be taught at school and that really only comes from submerging yourself. It's really amazing. At Domino, our sweet spot is where function and form meet. A dining table that doubles as a desk, an office that's also a walk-in closet, with busy schedules and juggling work and school and play all at once, multifunctional pieces are the key to making my life more productive and efficient. When I'm out running around, farmer's market, art supplies, breakfast meetings after drop-off, the same mindset holds true. Casual pieces that are comfortable, but also look amazing. 
Leffler Randall's selection of sandals, sneakers, and clogs, my favorite right now is the Roberta, are easy for every day, but still have that distinctive design and technical expertise that make them so comfortable. Trust me. Shop LR's collection of functional footwear now at LefflerRandall.com. When we first met, um, you just launched La Double J, which was then really about vintage jewelry and fashion at that point, or it started with the jewelry, right? It was both jewelry as well as vintage fashion. And seeing how it's evolved to what it is now is is just truly incredible. Obviously, you've had this education in being surrounded by beautiful Italian design, vintage Italian design, just being part of what you experience living in Milan. But how you've kind of developed that eye or how you've learned to look out for certain things and what that's been like. You do have a pretty enviable furniture collection yourself, and it's not precious. It's very approachable. I literally am sitting on these incredible bamboo chairs that I got on Etsy for like 12 bucks each, but they're amazing design pieces. Like you have to really have the desire and the passion and the curiosity to be a searcher in order for vintage to work. If you don't have that patience and you don't have that passion, it's not going to happen because the way vintage shopping works is that you never find what you're looking for. It is all about serendipitous discoveries. So you need to go to a fair or a market or a shop or like a garage sale, having zero expectations. And this is what I learned is just to react, to listen to your body. My body gives me these cues. Like it's not about the mind. It's not about my head or computing or calculating or anything logic. And it's purely about like the sensations and the feelings that I get in my physical body. So it's like the feeling part of me. It's like the clairsentience that intuition lights up. And that's what happens to me with vintage. Like when I see an object, I get like a a physical reaction in my body. And then you know that like, oh my God, you have to have it. If there's no reaction in my body, it's a pass. But you know, I didn't really pick up on that until I started learning much later in life that my body has like real intelligence and there's this whole like wisdom mechanism that's happening on like a physiological subconscious level that I wasn't tapped into. So before I just thought that I was just attracted, oh, it's so pretty. And, you know, and, and, and obviously it is, but there's just like, I, I connect with things and a lot of it has to do with form in furniture. I'm really into chairs. I collect chairs. I, I mean, I must've had like 30 chairs in my last apartment in Milan that like none of them made any sense, but I was just like, but it's such a great chair just because I get so excited about just like an interesting shape. And then in terms of like the, the clothing, I, in all the years that I've been collecting vintage, which is 25 years now, I think I probably bought three black garments in 25 years and everything else was colored and patterned. And Again, later in my life, I realized, oh, colors have a frequency. You know, there's actually an energetic component to what it is that I am attracted to. So it was just funny how all of this comes full circle. Talking about the vibration of color, talking about how colors make us feel, I've really been exploring that on this podcast a lot because 
I think it's super important what our environments make us feel. You moved into this space in Milan, and one of the very first things you did was basically dunk it in pink, right? You dunked your living room in this super saturated, deep rose pink. What does that color make you feel? And and I want to talk a little bit more about what colors make you feel and how you've been exploring that. Pink is the color of the heart chakra, and so is green. And I have to say, pink and green are probably two of my favorite colors. I adore the pink that's on my walls. It's a very dusty rose, so there's a lot of gray in it, but it's very deep. It's not polite. And I have to say, every time I sit down on the couch and take in that room, I'm so overcome with a sense of peace and harmony. It is unbelievable. I am so, so crazy about it. And then I did my guest room in emerald green. I'm crazy about green. I just find there's such deep beauty in green and pink. But then I also painted my house a navy blue. It's kind of more of like a midnight than a navy. And I did that in um, the meditation room, guest room, little hallway. And that's another extremely soothing color. I got really lucky. The lease started March 1st, but I got like two weeks prior to paint the apartment. And literally I moved in March 1st and March 7th, we went into lockdown. So I had my mattress on the floor in the bedroom. I had one couch, a painted apartment, and like all these like closets that didn't have, like that had my clothes in it, but like didn't have any covers or any, it was hilarious. And I basically lived in emptiness for three months. You had to pause your business, I did. But I will say that my company was so amazing. We're still working, but we were working very moderately. And this is what was so weird is that like, as my company slept and as like the world slept, that's when I felt like I had the big wake up. It was just like an incredible upgrade of consciousness at that time. And it was just a really, really special time in which I was like connecting to parts of myself I didn't even know existed. And it was just epic. It was so great. And and when I, I think back on that time so fondly, I think it was probably the best time of my life, those first three months. Even though it was so difficult, what was going on, et cetera, I literally felt like a renaissance happening within my ecosystem. Thinking about this conversation and and thinking about your products and what you're putting out there and seeing your apartment and all that, your products and your business, it radiates energy. I'm so glad because that's the point. I mean, I myself, I know what my goal is. It's to bring joy and inspire others. I'm not going to do that by picking at all the problems all day long. We only do this by opening our heart at like the hardest moment when the shit hit the fan, when the supplier closed down, when the plates came in and they were all the wrong color. What, you know, that's the moment that you really start leading. It's like, how do we just become better people, better and better every day? And it's not about how many plates you get and how many clothes are in your closet and how great your apartment is. Although that might be one manifestation of what you're doing, but that's not the end game. La Double J, I think, has always since the beginning been so much about content. 
you know, when you were doing the dresses and you didn't have money for hair and makeup, you had your illustrator make the cartoon faces or, and then when you didn't want to hire models, you really illuminated these fabulous women in Milan and how they live and all of that. Can you talk a bit about that and how that approach has really driven everything you're doing? Of course, we've used models before, but I have to say, even though there's some models that I really love and have become friends, it just feels so much cooler when I see a real woman wearing her clothes and setting her table and sitting down and like on the couch with her mom or whatever it is. And that's what we need to do. And I want to do more and more of it. I do feel like it really resonates and I love it. I always like to say double J is about degrees of maximalism. So if you're a beginner maximalist or you're really a minimalist, there's no reason why you can't have printed napkins on your table with your all white home. That's totally possible. Then if you want to zhuzh it up a little more, you start adding layers. You might add the placemat. You might add the, the printed plates. You might add the colorful glasses. And I find that there's you know, I, the print thing, it's, it's a mood thing and it should be a mood thing. You're probably not going to do head to toe print every day of your life. You're going to feel it out. The print is for, I'm feeling extroverted today. I'm feeling expansive. I want people to notice me. I want people to see me. I want to show up. I want to be seen. It's an energetic as well. And then in terms of how people entertain, what have you learned Keep it casual. Nobody likes anything formal. And in fact, I mean, yes, I sometimes have people seated for dinner, but the seated part is really quick and there's a super long aperitivo. And I always do dessert like in the living room and everyone is just mingling. And like the less time seated at a table, the better. The Italians also do just like beautifully chic catered buffet meals, like where like the pasta is always just passed. It's just like perfectly al dente and they just are like passing the plates and everything is like so quick. And there's always like two or three different kinds of pastas that you're going to taste. And then you'll go to the next, it's not even a buffet. It's like past plates. And that way everyone just stays and mingles. And another thing that the Italians do, which I find so chic is that they bring fresh flowers and they almost always deliver them before the dinner because then you can prep your table and your rooms. And it's just, oh, I love that. One of the double J approaches, and I love this, and it's how I like to set my table and inspires me to do it, but that layered table. Can you talk a little bit about that? You have to mix and match. So one of the first things that I tell people and that I myself do is like the good China needs to get pulled out daily and maybe not for your three-year-old, but definitely for your 13-year-old and definitely for you and your husband, wife, whoever you're with. I have my parents' wedding China and I use that for my breakfast every morning. And anytime I eat, I'm pulling out double J plates. Like just don't waste your time on the three times a year when you have like a fancy dinner at your house. Like you need to be using this stuff all the time and enjoying it. That's like my number one rule. And then the other thing is like mix and match. So it's like, you might get your double J plates. Great. Use the dessert plates with your existing wedding dinner 
plate. You know, that's why we also introduced this rainbow collection that's just a series of three color stripes because it's such a great way to mix whatever you've got going on at home. Like whether it's just plain white or you have a pattern, great. We've got the color match for it. The other thing is I love mixing um, silverware, especially if I'm having like a fancy dinner. I love it if the spoon and the fork are from two different services. I always do that. And I love to mix new with vintage. So I'll have like new brass flatware and then I'll have like a vintage spoon. I don't like having glasses from the same family. So if you're going to have a water, wine, and like champagne glass, I love it if all three are from like a different family. You can take like the colored ones and use them either for your water or your wine, or you can use the water's color, then you have your wine as, as basic, and then maybe your champagne are going to be like vintage. And part of the fun of it all is having, I've actually really started buying dessert and salad plates from all over. Yeah, and just mix them. I was doing that with vintage plates. And then when I launched Double J Homeware, that was one of the first things I wanted to do was to develop a set of six mixed dessert plates. Those are like our best seller. People love that because as you said, you use them as a salad plate, you use them as a dessert plate, or you use it for aperitivo. It's perfect. Can you share some ideas on making the most of your budget? Because I think that if you are starting with a blank slate and you need to fully start from scratch in your space... What materials look kind of expensive or elevated, but actually aren't? And how do you kind of make the most of your budget? I mean, I'm not like an industry expert. I just know what I did. And, you know, I have to say all of this vintage bamboo stuff that I found looks so chic and is not that expensive. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you have to really search for because you can find bamboo that's really expensive. So you just have to keep like looking for that. Don't shy away from Ikea. Ikea did some great things. Like I turned one of their lacquered kitchen units into a shoe closet in the that's mounted on the wall. So it's not on the ground. It's raised. And we put like a rose mirror top on top of it. It literally looks like a Capolini furniture unit. And that's my shoe closet in the, in the hallway. It's great. Also, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on closets because at the end of the day, that's something that I feel like EK is great for just the base, right? And then it's all about how you cover the closet that is more important. So I would spend money on how you cover it, whether that's like what I did was using fabric and making curtains, or you could just use like a beautiful, you know, oak wood, or you could use like an incredible smoked glass. So I wouldn't spend on the sort of inside part. At the end of the day, who cares? You don't need that. There are the companies like Ikea that do it well, the functionality of it. The thing where I feel like it's hard to skimp is like on a couch. I got the most beautiful R-Flex couch. That was totally worth it. I also think that at least in Italy, so much can be done commissioned by an artisan. And there you really save money, weirdly enough. It's just the best quality you can get. You can get a couch made, you can get armchairs made, you can get your bed made, but then you like have to design it. Depends on how creative you are and how much you want to put into it. Also, never underestimate the fact of like recycling things. I got a vintage polyformed kitchen from an old woman's house and installed the entire thing, including the marble top, the stove, 
the refrigerator, everything for less than I would have bought like a brand new fully serviced IKEA kitchen. I want to talk about just shopping for vintage because I think that in lockdown, people have truly, really started to explore sources like Etsy, Cherish, First Dibs, even Facebook Marketplace, you know, all of these sources, it really being about the hunt. And I think you are so good at the hunt. And I remember you talking about the process first searching for vintage jewelry, where it is this funnel, you look at everything, and then you narrow it down, you narrow it down. Um, But how do you trust yourself with regard to like shape? Because I think with vintage furniture, it's very much about shape and what you're after there. Like, what is that process like? you just said it. It's like, how do you trust yourself? I mean, you either trust yourself or you don't. I get that feeling and I'm like, oh my God, I love it. Like, and if I'm unsure, I'm not going to buy it. I think you do have to learn to like go with your intuition. You know, sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I pull the shotgun too early because I'm like, I just need to get this done. But then you sell it. Yeah. Then you can sell it. Then you can sell it. But remember, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't need to become like an art collector with your vintage furniture. If you just like the shape of something, you get it. And I do have a couple of things in my house that are vintage and signed and like super important pieces of furniture. And then other things that like aren't at all, but that are just great and so much fun. It should really just be like the pieces that speak to you and and just go for quality. And that's one of the reasons to buy vintage because you can get really good deals on things that are great quality that don't cost that much. In challenging times, we lean on the things that support us, uplift us, and make us happy. In this signature franchise, Domino editors ask our guests, quickfire style, about the 10 things that are making them happy. From the books that inspire them, to the personal items that tell their story, to the places they love to eat, travel, and feed their soul. I want to go through 10 things that make me happy because I think that, one, I always love hearing your lens, the things that are making people happy, the things that are inspiring them, um, the things that are kind of fueling their creative process. And also that's been really helpful and really fun in, in a more challenging time. So who are some of your design heroes? The ancient Egyptians. I hesitate to even answer that. Like I don't really look at modern day think like I'm so much more uh, inspired by Byzantine church interiors. Those are my design heroes. Where are you dying to travel to once we can all really freely travel again? Egypt and India, because I've never been to either place. And for sure, I had a past life in Egypt, but maybe multiple. And I dream about it a lot. And I cannot believe I've never been. I'm obsessed with the goddess Isis. And I got to get to India. I mean, I've been practicing yoga for 25 years. This is really overdue. Favorite material or texture or textile of the moment? What are you loving? I'm so cliched, but velvet for the interiors. I just adore. And bamboo, I'm obsessed with. Bamboo and rattan. Favorite flower or plant? Tulips, ranuncula, peony. I just love these like big blooms that like burst open roughly layered roughly like the poppies that are kind of crinkled looking if you know what i mean yeah amazing i love all of those it's the season but the david austin roses just anything 
ruffly and and layered like that. Exactly. Like a big boom. Anything that does like a big floral boom. And plants. Are you a plant person? 100%. My house is filled with cactus right now, as well as a but like I had this incredible tree in my living room. And now she's like, shedding her leaves. I think she's unhappy. So we're putting her in the corner near more sun. What is it? I forget the name of it. Um, she's fabulous. But then I have a bunch of other plants and, and, and trees that I honestly, I didn't even ask what they were. I was like, I just love these and they're all over. What color pairing are you feeling right now? Well, I'm looking right now at magenta and orange and it's very satisfying. What color makes you feel calm? I would say the pink in my living room. What is that pink? So I mixed it with my painter. So it's the Dusty Rose Double J Special. Custom. You wanted it deeper and rosier. Oh, yeah. Favorite hotel or city you can't wait to go back to? The Bamboo Inda in Bali. So the entire hotel is made out of bamboo. And it's just like so aerodynamic and incredible and so natural. And then there's all these Javanese wedding huts. It, it, honestly, it is paradise on earth. If I could live there, it's just spectacular. Iconic space or space that continues to inspire you? I really get inspired inside uh, Sicilian Baroque churches. I find them to be like these meditative environments. They're extremely inspirational. All of the ceilings are painted. There's so much artwork. It's unbelievable. Film that provides inspiration. I like any film that is historical. I love anything that is like about magic or like so Maleficent or Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or Merlin or, or any kind of like period piece that also deals with like magic. I'm totally into. Design object or thing in your home that you love right now? My couch, which I really, I just look at it all day long and it is the most perfect blue. I'm really into this couch. Like I just look at it. I'm like, the proportions are so perfect. JJ, thank you so much. Congratulations on the story. This has been amazing. Honey, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Design Time is produced by Team Domino, with special thanks to Alex Redgrave, Linda Denahan, Aaron Cunningham, Madeline Montoya, Erica Maltz, Kay Wang, Britt Ashcraft, and Ali Elquiza. Our theme music is by the talented Alex Weinstein. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you guys next week right here on Design Time.